3: Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we are going to discuss a film that we think might be underrated, underseen, or we just want to talk about it. I'm Josh and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Alice. Hello, Josh. How are we doing today? I'm wonderful. I'm very excited because this is a Halloween special. As indicated by that noise there.
2: Yes, be afraid. (laughs) Uh,
3: And uh, as promised last week, we're joined by a very special guest. Probably my favourite guest. Uh, because it's the boss, uh, the gaffer, the big cheese. Alice,
2: mm-hmm. another
3: thing. Uh, any words for other words for boss?
2: The big
1: boss. No, you do done them all. The the <laughs> big kahuna. Um
3: Producer Abby, welcome. A very warm welcome.
1: Thank you for letting me come out of the shadows and.
3: Well, normally we just, you just we just lock you in a room and make you edit other episodes. Yeah, but, literally. But,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so, as I said, it is a Halloween special. So. Ooh. As indicated by that noise there. What <laughs> was that?
2: Who was that? Is someone
1: there?
3: <laughs> it's midnight as we record this. <laughs> um, so we always start with a random question whenever we're joined by a guest. So I'll start with Alice. Go on. Um, Alice, what scares you the most? Oh, commitment. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> commit- no,
2: not
3: The true. commitments? Uh, the commitments.
2: Done that. Oh no, actually that was a pretty good film. Um, I think I might have said previously like fish. I've got a bit of a weird thing about fish. Um, the other thing is hot air balloons. And, like, <laughs> the, idea, the idea, the idea, so the idea of being in a hot air balloon as opposed to a hot air balloon itself. So there's something quite terrifying, I think, of being suspended in the air at that height for such a long time. So, like, I can do a bungee jump, I can do a skydive, that's fine. But something just freaks me the fuck out about a hot air balloon. I feel like if I ever went in one, like, what if I went mad suddenly and threw myself over? Like you just don't know, dear. Do so I find hot air balloons pretty scary. But yeah, hot air
3: balloons and fish. I was not expecting <laughs> hot air balloons and fish. So quite your, a mix. Though. Your worst nightmare would be maybe like some sushi in a hot air balloon.
2: Yeah, terrifying. Like that'd
3: be the worst date <laughs> that anyone, <laughs> has, anyone can ever take you on.
2: What about yours,
3: Josh? What spooks um, you out? Oh, I don't know. Like some of the like some of the classics I'm not overly fond of, Heights spiders the sure. dark but yeah. i'm not like i'm not like petrified of them mm-hmm. one thing i'm we- really scared of and i might have mentioned this before is i have like a recurring dream where my teeth fall out
2: Oh gosh, which i'm yeah. sure a,
3: a, a psychologist would look at and interpret but and a lot of and i have googled it and apparently it's it's something to do with being afraid of losing someone or mm-hmm. something but for me <laughs> I had braces for like 10 years Oh wow! Oh from being goodness. like sort of six or seven to 16, 17. Wow. So I, I actually think it is literally a fear of my teeth falling out. I don't think it's anything to do with fear of losing someone. But oh
2: yeah. Just the literal loss of it. I had something similar. So I have the dream where I've got so much chewing gum in my mouth that I have to kind of fist it out. So then I'm like grabbing and grabbing this chewing gum. It's not stop. So I don't do chewing gum anymore at all. So that's another one. Chewing gum, fish, (laughs) and hot air balloons. Keep them away from me. I
3: honestly thought then you were going to say I have this recurring dream where I blow such a big chewing gum bubble it turns into a hot air balloon. (gasps) And I float away like up.
2: Well, thanks for their sleepless <laughs> nights for weeks now. So, so hell. you really
3: must hate Pixar then, because you got up with hot air balloons <laughs> finding Nemo with fish.
1: Why did Nemo? Did freak me out a little bit
3: actually. Producer <laughs> um, Abby, what about you?
1: So mine are, uh, I've got really basic bitch fears. <laughs> so spiders.
3: Yeah.
1: Hate spiders i can just now i'm an adult i can just about cope with the little ones the little <laughs> bitty ones but i just just cannot cope with spiders and heights probably similar to yours alice there is that i don't want to throw myself what if off the edge in a moment what of if? madness yeah thing. but there is a gen there's a there is something quite physical about it so we we went up um liverpool cathedral once oh, and yeah. literally as we were going up and up and up it's it's like you can feel the pressure change mm-hmm. and my body just froze and it was like i i physically cannot move like I, mm. I, I can't i can't move and then something has to kick in and go well no bitch you can't stay here like you, you can't want, stand here forever have to go. <laughs> but yeah so there's just something about yep. just that feeling even if i watch it on films like mm. if i see someone on the side of a building on a film I get pins and needles in my feet. Oh, wow. It, it just it makes me feel sick. I hate it. Sick what are you like heights. in an aeroplane? I don't really like it. Mm. Um, I'm not bothered about having a window seat because mm-hmm. I want to pretend I'm not in the sky. Ah, yes. I'm just in a regular car yeah. and we're driving <laughs> yes. to Spain. Yeah. A bus. Yes, bus. I hate takeoff because mm-hmm. I hate that feeling. You can feel that you are getting higher. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it is the worst. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, spiders and heights for me.
3: So if I was to arrange for us to record an episode in a hot air balloon above Liverpool (gasps) Cathedral with some... Sushi. Sushi. (laughs) That was going to be the 100th episode. That's coming up. I'll bring the
2: spiders. For God's sake.
3: (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to talking about this week's film. As I said, it's a Halloween special. And I (laughs) I don't know what's making that sound. It's just in the background. It's just, what is it? We shouldn't have recorded it whilst Abby was frozen in place in Liverpool Cathedral. Cost <laughs> <laughs> a five to get in. Um, so, as I said last week, we've done a Halloween film, but it might not necessarily be one that people um, would think y- y- your usuals. You already know what it is because it's literally the title of this episode, so I don't know why I'm waffling on. But we are doing Adam's Family Values from 1993, which is the second in the Adam's Family films. Abby, you've picked this one. So what's it about and why did you pick it? Apart from the fact that it's Halloween and you're, we asked you to come on.
1: Well, I actually think I would have picked it anyway because this is one of my favourite films. Mm. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this overview as though everybody knows kind of who the members of the Adams Family are because I think everybody probably does. So I'm not going to mm. introduce each character. Um, essentially, this film is a sequel to the Adams Family from 1991. Um, and the film starts with um, Morticia giving birth to the third Adam's child, Pubert.
3: Great name. Nothing funny about it. Pubert. No, not no. At all. Serious. Serious
1: name. Um, and then having to hire a nanny. So, her and Gomez need to hire a nanny to help them with the kids. And they hire Debbie, who's played by Joan Cusack. Um, what they don't know is that Debbie is actually a serial killer who marries rich men for their money and then kills them off. Um, so she uh, starts to flirt with Uncle Fester, he starts to fall in love with her. When Wednesday starts to get suspicious, Debbie gets the kids shipped off to summer camp to get them out of the way. Her and Fester get married, but he will not die. So everything (laughs) that she tries to do to kill him, he will not die. Indestructible. Exactly. So um, essentially the film culminates with Debbie has all of the Adams family strapped to electric chairs and she's about to kill them and then baby pubert comes along and saves the day and electrocutes debbie instead <laughs> happily
2: ever
3: after <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. <laughs> um,
1: uh, it is dark it is, it, a dark is film. it is
3: it is dark and we'll, and we'll come on to that so, so why did you pick it apart from the fact that it's your favorite film that one of your favorite films why did you pick it in terms of the podcast i guess
1: um so this is a film i remember watching quite a lot as a kid not in a Uh, you know religiously watching it it wasn't kind of like a family you know a film we all watch as a family it's it's just on telly a lot it's one of those filler films that's always on telly like between Christmas and New Year and that type of thing and I just oh it's always stuck in my head it's it's very funny it's very quotable um it's quite dark um but when the first time I watched it again as an adult, as opposed to as a kid, it kind of struck me that this doesn't feel like it's got as much of a following as other kind of Halloween-y films. So you've got the likes of like Hocus Pocus Mm -hmm. that people go mad for every Halloween and it's always brought up. But this doesn't seem to have that kind of following and I feel like it should because watching it again as an adult, I just think it's really funny. It's got a lot of jokes that are good for kids, and it's got jokes that are good for adults. I think it's, like, good for gifts. You could get some good memes out of this film. Mm. So I just don't know why you just don't see it around that much. So I just, out of interest, thought I'd have a little look at the ratings, obviously the ones that we use on the podcast. Um, And I just thought they were a bit flat. So they're not terrible. And I I don't think this is a perfect film but I think it's kind of perfectly what it is. I don't think it could do what it's trying to do any better. So, yeah, I just think the ratings, I won't say what they are, but I think the ratings are just a bit flat. The other thing is that, as I mentioned, this is a sequel, and this is one of those really rare situations where a sequel is a much better film than the original. So the original Adams Family film is nowhere near as good as this one. But when I looked at the ratings, Um, Adam's Family Value, so the the, the ratings that we use, so the IMDb and then the Rotten Tomatoes critics and audience scores, Adam's Family Values scores less than the original Adam's Family on two Mm. of those ratings, even though I think it is quite widely acknowledged that this is a much better film. Mm. So I I think in that way it's underrated. It's probably not underseen because, like I say, it is on telly all the time, Mm. but I think it's underappreciated.
3: Okay. Okay, well, let's see. Alice, had you seen this one before?
2: I had seen this one, and like Abby's already said, I'd seen it many, many times. It's one of those... Like, I feel like I saw it loads when I was a kid. I don't know if we had it on VHS. I feel like maybe we taped it off the telly, mm-hmm. which is so illegal. What, what, um, uh,
3: what label did your dad put on it? Oh. Uh,
2: dark Clothes Family in Castle. <laughs> <Pistol>.
3: Gothic Family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The goths next door.
2: Um, no, I think we actually knew. We actually knew this time. It was <laughs> all the other family Um So yeah, I'd seen it loads, uh, had very fond memories of it, had sort of really vivid memories of all the time that the kids spend in camp, I seem to remember that all being very funny. Um, I remembered the look of it. I remember, obviously, there's so much gone into like the set design, the props, and all this. Um, I was interested to kind of realise this time around, though, it's not like set around Halloween. It's not, there's no actual like Halloween themes involved in it no. at all.
3: Thanksgiving, isn't it? they're just, mm-hmm. it's well, yeah, it's yeah. Thanksgiving.
2: Well, it's summer though, isn't it? Because they're at summer camp. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. But they're celebrating or they're doing this like Thanksgiving play at camp. Yeah. Um, but there's no like there's no halloween theme they are just um a not ordinary family should we say or unusual family in the way that they dress and the way they like to spend their time and obviously the property that they live in um but yeah really enjoyed it this time around haven't seen it again as an adult uh, but yeah really funny So much fun. Um, Morticia is just exquisite and I love her relationship with Gomez. It's such a, it's turning on the head, isn't it? This uh, traditional idea that we're given of like the all-American family, especially kind of coming up in the 90s or whatever, where, you know, the husband might not be very nice to the wife and the wife is always nagging the husband to do the dishes and do this and do that. But in this, obviously Morticia and Gomez are so in love and they fancy the pants off each other. And it's just a really nice relationship that they have. Um, Wednesday Adams. so Christina Ritchie I just think is brilliant like I've said before how good I think she is like she was in Casper but she's one of the best child actors I think uh, ever to come out of Hollywood um, and uh, Festa, and is it jo- Joan Cusack right mm, is, uh, Debbie. is Debbie yeah. and they're really funny together and she I think was really really good at this at playing just a brilliant villain, but all dressed in white, which is again turning your expectations on, on their head, right? Usually the person who enters all in white is this angelic, virginal angel who's come to save the day. And it's like, no, she's the devil and she wants to kill everyone in your family. Um, so I just enjoyed the way it played with all that. It just subverted your expectations. And I just think it was really, really fun for the kids and for adults mm. as well. I think it's quite suitable for the whole family. Um, what about you, Josh? I am assuming you'd seen this one before?
3: Yeah, so I had yeah. seen it before. I remember, So I, I remember watching this as a kid and actually, and a kid kid, I mean, like six or something. And the ending really scaring me because obviously if you haven't seen it, the ending, <clears throat> Debbie uh, dies, or does she? And oh, yeah. her hand comes out of the grave, yeah. which is obviously a reference to Carrie. The Stephen King book and film, um, which I didn't know because I was six. And it just I just remembered it scared the absolute shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And that was I'd never really gone back to it. But you were too traumatized. Yeah, I was, too yeah, I was just too scared. Uh, but but Abby had mentioned it quite a lot, and how much and how much she loved it. So we ended up watching it again, and um I could see everything that that she liked about it. So I sort of had a, a renewed love of the film, a renewed enjoyment of the film. So having watched it again then, Abby, what, what are the things you like about it as well as what Alice has already said?
1: Um, So straight off the bat, initially, although it's probably quite a basic thing to say, I find this film hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, it is gag, 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 it gag, 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 It doesn't yeah. stop. And because there's so many of them, every single time I watch it, there's something else that stands out to me mm. that I've not noticed before. Um, and also, I think, watching it as an adult compared to watching it as a kid, there's there's so many jokes, like you said, Alice, there's so many jokes in there, actually, that are for the adults. Like, often, it actually feels a little bit to me like a, a film for adults that's got bits in for the kids as opposed mm-hmm. to a film for the kids that's got bits in for the adults because it's it's quite sexual at times and it's got jokes in it that are not necessarily inappropriate for kids but i just don't think certainly went over my head when i was a kid Mm -hmm. so like the one that sticks in my head is um when gomez is talking to fester about you know wanting him to have kids and have a family and know that like that love and he says um you know i i want you to know the joy of having children and paying somebody else to raise them <laughs> I like it's such a, that's a joke that as a kid that's just going to go well over your head mm-hmm. but it's kind of making a comment it's not just a joke there's a kind of there's an actual So it's making a little dig in there as well um so yes that for me i just it just makes me laugh out loud every single time like you said alice um christina Ritchie is just amazing in this and particularly in compared to the first Adams family obviously she's very very young in the first one but she kind of comes into her own so much in this film um and the character the character herself i just think is wonderful and is a character that you you don't see many girls portrayed in that way mm-hmm. um she's she's such an antidote to Mm. and i think that there's nothing wrong with being kind but we really push that on on girls on little girls not on not on boys not on men i think women and girls are kind of always made to feel like you've you've got to be nice you've you can't take up space you've got to give over for other people um i mean even like i was i was looking for t-shirts the other week just plain t-shirts to wear and there is not a single brand of women's clothing that does not sell a t-shirt that says be kind it's not on men's t-shirts but it's all (laughs) over women's t-shirts and I hate it I just hate it there's nothing wrong with being kind but we shouldn't be always telling little girls actually you've always got to be kind to other people you've always got to give stuff up and I love that she is so confident in herself and she sticks up for herself and she kind of gives people what for she she doesn't kind she's she's not the bigger person she gets her revenge on people that Aren't very nice to her, and I just like seeing that presentation of a of a girl. And I think if I had daughters, I'd want them to watch that and be like, "Don't murder your baby brother." <laughs> <laughs> but that's too far.
3: <laughs> but but she's also she like I suppose that the main example in the film is that she is the absolute antithesis and, and, and opposite of all the other girls in the summer camp. Yeah. So like they're all like very prim and proper and privileged. Uh, well, she's privileged as well, but she, but mm-hmm. that, but like they're all a certain way, and they all, and they do a very good job of all those girls look the same.
1: Yeah, like they're all blonde.
3: They're all as well. blonde. They're all they're all white. Mm-hmm.
1: They're
3: all even just look the same in their general features and stuff. And so you are you are you know absolutely agree with that. She she is a really great character in this. She also went Casper, which we did as well, did not she? Yeah, that's yeah. uh she's the she's the kid's horror fantasy queen. Kid. Isn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because
2: she does deadpan so mm-hmm. brilliantly. And I think that is that's a, a great feat for a kid. Because it's like, how do you tell a kid like, can you be deadpan? And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, no, can you just like embody, you know, like misery and discontent? And you know, yeah. not always that straightforward,
1: even for adults.
2: Mm-hmm. And I just think she does a great job at that.
1: I think the the bit that I think she's really brilliant is when um when they come out of the, is it the happy hut? Mm. Or is it called happy? I Oh, when they're get the getting like brainwashed.
3: And she comes nice. out of the hut
1: and um, she tries to smile. <laughs> and I feel like for a kid, that's a really kind of complicated sort of uh, emotion that you're trying to show, which is like, she's somebody who kind of, can't smile trying yeah. to smile except you find out later on that it's a show and she's mm. doing it to kind of get them on side so that she can do a big finale mm-hmm. but that whole bit where the camera's just on her face for ages while she does this like creepy smile <laughs> and i feel like that is that is like how her performance is so good just in that that section
3: so what else then what else do we think do you, like do you find it as funny as, as, as abby did alice
2: I, I certainly found it funny. And like you say, it's a lot of gags. It's a lot of wordplay. It's a lot of puns and a lot of misdirection. And misdirection is always funny. And that does tie in quite well, actually, to the sort of misdirection as them as a family. It's like, because you'd walk past that house or maybe you'd see Wednesday and Pudsy? P- I say
0: Pugsley. Pugsley.
2: Pugsley, not Pugsley. Pugsley's thats the chill, choc- choc- that choc- choc- <laughs> <laughs> um, And you'd see them and you'd think like, oh, you know, you're your sort of conditioned expectations for what society, you know, deems appropriate or whatever might make you think like, oh God, what are they doing in that house? Like, look at their weird uncle and their weird hairy cousin and whatever. But they've actually got this really, really happy, like wholesome um, life in their house. Although Wednesday does, she does bully Pugsley a little bit, doesn't she? And she does does. try to kill the baby. She is a menace to society, isn't she? And all that stuff that she does in the camp is just so funny. And the, like the camp... The guys who run the camp and stuff, it's all this very like saccharine, like fake niceness, isn't it? And she's just there to like light a fire under it all. And she literally does that. Um, Yeah, I think she's great. She was the definite standout for me. What about you, Josh? What are some of the things that you really liked about this one?
3: Um, well, a lot, I agree pretty much with with everything you, you, you guys have, have already said I mean it's so funny there's so many different types of comedy in it you know the slapstick there's a lot of stuff with the baby that's slapstick when they're trying to kill the baby a lot of grotesque stuff um, like with the family themselves a lot of really great one-liners like you've already said Abby so there's like things like um, Debbie says to Morticia you know where do you find these Adams men and she just goes it has to be damp and it's just like it's such a funny it's such a stupid joke or there's a bit where they get to the summer camp. Camp and one of the kids has skipped two grades at school and he says something like, you know, oh, Billy or whatever has skipped two grades. What about your son about Pugs and Goers? goes, probation. <laughs> 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 I just think it's, it's, like you say, it's puns, it's one-liners, it's loads of different things. I like that it does make sort of quite a subtle point at the summer camp because when we were watching it, I realized that all the kids seem to be pretty much blonde and white. So there's mm-hmm. that sort of Aryan weird undertone and then all the other kids who don't want to get involved are not white and blonde. Like some of them are white, but it, what, what I mean is they're not that Aryan idea of, of perfection. So there is a lot of different things in there. Like a series, it's almost like a, there's, there's bits that are like series of, of sketches. You know, when they're trying to find the nanny, and there's just that thing of like all the different nannies having mm-hmm. their interview with the kids, or or when they're or when Debbie's trying to kill Fester and she's trying all the different ways of killing him. Um, I think what one, one thing I do want to touch on actually is I think it is impeccably well cast. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a person in in the film who feels like they don't belong either in the film or in, in the family itself. Uh, Christina Ricci was probably stand out for me as Wednesday, but I do also you know love um, Raul Go- uh, Raul Julia, mm. um, uh, Angelica Houston. I think Christopher Lloyd, who plays Fester, obviously most people know him for Back to the Future, is one of the most underrated actors around, or certainly of this period, because within ten years he did uh, Back to the Future, all three of them, Roger Rabbit. And the two Adams Family films that he's in, and he just always looks like he's giving it everything.
2: Yeah, always looks well, like he's
3: going, going for it.
2: It's not an easy because Fester as well. Like he's so physical and he's so yeah. weird looking, and he's always doing so much, like with yeah. his mouth and with yeah. his eyes. Like yeah. it looks exhausting.
1: I did read as well, and I don't know if this is true, but I did really have to. Crouched down the whole time he played. He's, hunched. he's well, he's yeah, late. yeah, he's got his. So he's actually crouched because obviously he's got his big coat on yeah. the whole thing. So he's crouched down. Oh right, under his coat. That's going to ruin, ruin your yeah. legs, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Let's give him an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> Christopher
3: Lloyd, get, for, for this. Um, I also think it looks great as well. I, I, mm. It can't be easy to. So obviously the Adams family started as a comic strip, which Charles Adams wrote about his own family and then they made a cartoon, which I think is where most people know because of the da-da-da-dun, yeah, and all that. Um, And it can't be easy to adapt. You know, there's many examples through film history of adapting comic books or cartoons and it being a bit shit. Like, a lot of people don't like things like the Flintstones or, you know, other stuff like that. But I think it does a really good job in this, probably because the text itself is so easily translatable because it is a little bit different a lot of cartoons are really colorful aren't they so when you make a film out of them what they do is they almost don't interpret it they just go let's make it exactly the same as it is in a cartoon and then you get that weird thing where everything sort of doesn't look real um a bit like something like the flintstones or even like if you think maybe like something like the cat and the hat or something like that Uh, whereas this i think it just it just works it looks amazing the set design the props the costumes everything everything i just think it's a great film
2: Got a shout out to the lighting guy as well. So I don't know if you noticed, but obviously Morticia's eyes most of the time are lit as Dracula's were in one of the 1930s films or something. So I like to think that it's kind of insinuated that she is a vampire Mm. and that that's why they have to live the way they do. But yeah, lots of stuff going on with the lighting, with the props, with the set design. Always very busy, I think.
1: Yeah. The bit I really liked with that is when the baby gets sick, but then turns into this really beautiful... Yeah. like blonde cute little baby well, his mustache gone yeah. <laughs> but the whole bedroom changes the whole nursery becomes mm. like really bright and i think it's blue and it's on you, beforehand it was like all well, like animals eating each other and big yeah, horrible bears yeah. and stuff but i feel like you're so brought into that world and you feel so much almost a part of that family that actually even though that blonde baby is so cute and that room looks really sweet it's really creepy there's something really really creepy about it so Mm -hmm. i feel like that's really really clever use of set
2: yeah you definitely you absorbed into their life and into their way of seeing things and quite quickly as well you quite quickly sort of come to terms with oh this is how they like things this is what i get used to so when you do see things like that when all these girls at camp are being like so nice and sweet it's like yeah
3: would you would you like to be in the adams family
2: Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was that was pretty much me when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. All was black, <laughs> massive black eyeliner. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hated <laughs> anything nice, anything pink. <laughs> but also, I actually think they're quite a nice family unit. They yeah. actually do in a weird, well, not even in a weird way. They actually really love each other and they look after each other. Mm-hmm. And I know you say like with Wednesday, you know, she's she's a bit horrible to Pugsley and she tries to kill the baby. But actually, I kind of think when it comes down to it, you know, she's the one who initially notices that something's probably not right with uncle fester and she's mm. the most concerned about him so i think when it comes down to it they're actually a really like nice strange family unit she
2: almost has this uh kind of supernatural power doesn't she because when i can't remember what happens in a scene with fester and debbie it might be when he proposes to her and she says yes but she wakes up doesn't she in the middle of the night and there's a lightning strike and it's almost like she can sense that something's gone wrong yeah. so it's almost like the women in the family do have this other power because i'm sure morticia's a vampire and then wednesday's got like this weird psychic power and stuff
3: um so we'll move on to talking about things that we because it's a halloween special are we ready dis spikes
2: <laughs> and you were telling me off for going <laughs> Woo!
3: because uh, because dis spikes because despite dislikes dis- no Bad. Bad. Fine. Well well. Can we talk about <laughs> Delete <things>? the
1: episode. <laughs> <So> <laughs>
2: I'll cut it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: so I don't think there's gonna be much, but Abby, is there anything you would change or that you didn't like about the film?
1: Not really. And it's one of those films that it feels a bit daft to criticize yeah. because no. it's just daft. Like what else what I just don't I don't know what you could say, really. Um there is a couple of things because I felt like I should say something. Okay. Um the the, the the bit in the restaurant where Morticia and Gomez are dancing it takes a dip for me I just find that bit a bit long and a bit boring quite a dip in long pay. it's quite long yeah isn't it? And, so like a
3: dip in pace you mean yeah, yeah and it's
1: it's feels like filler it's the one bit of the film because I feel like it's, it's, it's fast paced um, the jokes are fast paced there's a few different actually lines of storyline going through it as well but then for some reason in this bit it just kind of slows right down and there's a couple of bits where you know they're doing flips and spins but generally the dancing isn't really kind of good enough to want to sit and watch it for as long as it's on screen for mm. so that's just the one bit where it's yeah it slows up a bit for me um other than that there's you know there's a couple of bits you notice watching it now where there's some special effects there a bit naff. um you know bits that's supposed to be the baby and it's quite obviously like a really plasticky hand it's supposed to be like the baby's <laughs> hand uh, doing things, I think there's a bit where the baby's crawling and it looks like a robot baby crawling along the floor and little things. But again, it's from 1993. I can't criticise it. It was...
3: You forgive it for that because of time sort of I, thing. Yeah, I don't even yeah. feel like
1: it needs forgiving. Like that's They did mm. what they could and we'll look back at films that are made now and see naff things in mm. that as well. Mm. So, you know, that was just kind of things that I noticed, but I, I wouldn't really criticise it.
3: What about you, Alice? So a
1: couple of things, again, that I noticed, but maybe wouldn't
2: be sort of like proper criticism. So there's a lot of uh, inferred knowledge. So you're not introduced properly to the characters in any way. And it does start in a way that assumes that you've already seen the first film. So I think if you hadn't seen the first film or if you weren't familiar with this family already, you'd feel a bit like you were thrown in the deep end and you'd be like, well, hang on, why is there, uh, you know, old mad uncle living with them? Or why is this happening? Or why is that happening? Or, you know, and then Morticia's just like pregnant suddenly and then it's like, bam, we're in the hospital and it all kind of happens so quick you don't really get a chance to kind of ground yourself and be like right where are we what's going on and the other thing as well I just felt was I just felt like the pace was a bit weird just kind of all the way through the film it felt like every joke and every sort of story thread was given equal amount of time whereas there were some instances where I would have liked more time and maybe a bit more exposition it's one of the very very few instances where I feel like a bit more exposition would have actually been quite helpful. But there's one moment where they're sort of getting suspicious about what's going on between Debbie and Fester. Um, So they all turn up at their house, at their new mansion, at this you know gorgeous mansion that they've gone to live in because he's had to move out. They turn up, Gomez, Morticia and the kids, and then they leave. And you don't see them travelling to the house, you don't see them travelling back from the house, and you don't really see what happens afterwards. And it just kind of felt a bit like, I just wanted a bit more in between. And I wonder if there was a lot of shots and scenes and scenarios and that on the cutting room floor. And if it was a bit like, no, we need to keep this short. You know, we've got an hour and a half, get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid of that. So I feel like I could have done with a bit more sort of connective kind of storytelling, I suppose. It's like, well, how are we getting from here to there? And how are we getting from here to there? Um, And of course, the other thing as well is we're going to feel sorry for Fester and all this, but he only fancies Debbie because she's hot. (laughs) Like he sees her and he's like, oh, I'm in love with her. He hasn't said two words to her because she looks great. That's it. And then we're feel sorry for him. It's like, oh, turns out she's a black widow and she's going to Uncle kill me. Uncle Fester
3: is cancelled. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so then it's just kind of like, well, you kind of ask him for this. Do you know what I mean? It's like this young, hot, beautiful blonde who you'd never spoken to, you have nothing in common with. And, you know, you're just like, bam, no, I'm in love with her. And it's like, well, more for you, old man.
1: <laughs> See, that is one of the, because I was thinking about the Debbie character as well, that she's, like, she's a bit of a stereotype, isn't she? It's like, oh, it's another another woman being portrayed as a gold digger Mm -hmm. and whatever um but i think i kind of forgave it for that because it's so cartoony Mm -hmm. um so I, i think similarly with the kind of you know him falling in love with her um it's a very cartoony way of falling in love isn't it it's like a very childish way of falling in love it almost feels like you pick again it's another thing of watching it as an adult because i think when you're a kid that Makes complete sense. So that's how you would fall in love Cupid's with someone. Arrow sort yeah, you yeah. see yeah. someone, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's definitely a lot, a lot of that in it. Those kind of very like st- stereotypes and sort of childish ways mm. of having relationships.
2: Yeah, in a way, yeah. mm. they mm. want to
1: make it sort of easy to understand,
2: easy to follow. This person likes this person, or this person doesn't like this person. Because you've got those two in the restaurant because they've gone on this double date, haven't they? Like you said, when they, Morticia and Gomez were dancing for all that time. And they go out into a graveyard and Debbie's all like, I feel like you don't like me, Fester, or whatever. And it's like, you haven't said two words to each other. He can't decide if he likes you or not because he doesn't know you. And it was just kind of that sort of like superficial kind of relationships. But yeah, like you say, it's meant to be a family film and it needs to be appealing and understandable for children as well. So we can't waste too much time kind of, you know, diving into, you know, what she likes and what he likes and why they might be a good fit or whatever. But I just feel like she doesn't really deceive him because he doesn't get to know her at all before marrying her mm. Although she the just fact goes, that she
1: knows he, she's gonna kill him
2: <laughs> <but> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah apart from that <laughs> <laughs> but like it's not like she pretends you know how you see in some other films like the woman or the man will pretend to like certain things or pretend they've been here or they've got this job or whatever she doesn't do any of that he just sees her and and then straight away he's like will you marry me and she's like yes <laughs> But I'll let let them off. (laughs) Because it is funny for them. But it didn't ruin it for me. Like, these weren't things that kind of made me think, oh, God, never again. Yeah, Um, yeah, just the things I noticed. Why? What about you, Josh? Anything for you?
3: Um, I agree with some of the points you've made to to an extent. I did notice a little bit of the issue with the pacing. It almost felt like they, they needed to get from A to Z. And... They sort of it was almost like not paint by numbers because that sounds like it's it's not good. It's it's very good. It is very formulaic in a good way. But it's like they go from scene to scene. And like you said, there's not always an exploration of how they've got there. So you do miss a little bit. Maybe that's because it's more basic because it is a family film. I'm not too sure. But I did notice that that little bit of pacing. Um so, I think there's an argument that could be made, for example, sort of to combine your two points, in that it's a little bit too similar formulaically and, and plot wise to the first one. There's an extended dance sequence in the first one where Festa and Gomez dance. There's an extended dance. And it's almost like they've gone, well, what worked in the first one? Just do it again. And if you notice, you know, first one's made in 1991, second one's made in 1993, it must have been that thing of. First one was successful. Get a sequel yeah, out quickly. Time for a get sequel. It, get it, get yeah, it out quickly. Yeah. Um, what worked in the first one, sort of thing. But I still enjoyed it, so it didn't really take anything from it. From didn't really take anything away for me. But the ma- one thing I will say that I didn't like is this film has probably of all the films we've done the worst song over the end credits I have ever well, heard. Well, it was
2: a huge kind of leap, wasn't it? Because we like, were thinking that. Because I watched this with my other half, and we were watching it, and it got to the end, and he was like. Oh yeah! Does not like, really? Well, I don't fit. remember this. I, wa- <laughs> I, I just wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's what I, wanted. I just wanted. More of that for like the five ten minute credits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it was all the 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 whole end credits. I don't know if you watched the whole thing, but there was a couple of songs, and it was just a bit like this is so weird. Like this doesn't match <laughs> anything that I've just seen. <laughs>
3: that's such. That's so indicative of what's popular yeah, what in the kids 1992 like? and three. <laughs> So let's move on to talking about the critical reception then and box office figures and see if we can make a decision about whether Adam's family values for the Halloween special <laughs> It's underrated or Who's underseen. Who's um,
2: Josh, can you hear it?
3: There we go. Abby, you've already, um, you've already alluded to how, to, to, that you know how it did. So yeah. Alice, based on what we've talked about, how do you think it did?
2: So I, going into this, I would have thought that it had done quite well. Just because, like you say, I remember it being one of them films that was on the telly a lot. So I feel like a lot of people would have seen it. And because it is, it does kind of straddle the line quite nicely between sort of family film and, you know, kids film for adults. So, but now you're saying that you, you think it's underrated. So then I think, oh, maybe I need to sort of rein my guess in a little bit or whatever. I would have put it, personally, like definitely within the sevens. Probably wouldn't cross the line into an eight for me. But then I wonder if it got lower. So because you've picked it, as potentially an underrated I'm going to say that it got 6 6.8 maybe so like 68 Rotten Tomatoes yeah. 6.8 IMDb
3: so roughly like roughly the late 60s a
2: low yeah under the 7s but nearly there
3: okay okay uh, and you know how it did Abby mm-hmm. okay so according to Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb so at the time of recording IMDb gives it 6.8 out of 10 <laughs> Spot on. There, Alice.
2: Good thing I checked before we recorded. I would never.
3: Well, but (laughs) (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes. The audience Mm -hmm. give it 63%. So not a million miles away from the IMDb. That
2: surprises me.
3: But the critics give it 77%. Ah. So pretty well critically received. Mm -hmm. Then in terms of box office... Mm. According to Box Office Mojo, again at the time of recording, it was made with a budget of about forty-five to fifty million, and it made roughly forty-eight million so just, worldwide. So it just, just made broke, it. made its money back roughly. So, what do we think then? Let's let's start with with underrated first. Abby, what do you think is that Is that fair? Is it underrated?
1: Well, I think so because of everything. That I said before. I mean, I think 63%. I'm I'm was so surprised at 63% from an audience.
0: Mm.
1: Just like I say, it was one of those films I thought would be really popular with audiences and could be like a bit of a cult Halloween-y or oh, Thanksgiving. Not <laughs> that we really do that here, but um, you know, just one of those films that just people really like, particularly from their childhood. So um obviously the critic's score is is quite good. I still think that's underrated. Mm. But it's 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 fairly decent. Um, but as I say, the, the original Adam's Family film got 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb and got a 66% audience score. And although it's not huge differences, I just think it's a travesty that that is better rated by audiences than Adam's Family Values. So I, I still think it's underrated.
3: You think it's underrated, Alice?
2: I would say that critic score is what I would give it. Um, So I would say that that is appropriately rated. Uh, It's always a surprise when the critics give it more than the audience did. Um, But yeah, surprised that the audience score is as low as it is. And surprised that the IMDb score as well, actually, even though that's what I predicted and guessed, because I'm just so good at this. Um, I was surprised, like I thought it would at least crawl into the sevens.
1: So what would you have said if I hadn't said at the beginning? That I'd already looked and thought it was underrated. What would what do you think your guess would be? I would have just been? said
2: more like seven point seven, like yeah. seven point eight, like more more up there, more up there. Okay. So for me, crick wise, it's appropriately rated.
3: Mm. But if we average it out with all the scores,
2: so it goes a bit lower. So yeah, I would say it's underrated. Yeah,
3: and I I'd agree with both of you. I think I think uh, yeah, slight not you not hugely underrated, but I do think I think it sits really nicely in that balance of family comedies. I think there's a real niche there for things like Hocus Pocus and this, which are like family films that you can watch on an occasion, but have things in it for everybody. Because quite often studios lean more towards things like I don't know Hotel Transylvania or Minions or something like that, which which isn't always um, something that appeals to everyone. But no, back to the point. I would I would completely completely agree. Let's slide it on into the Halloween shelf on the in the underrated vault, Alice. The Halloween tomb. The tomb. What? Oh oh oh. So there we go, Adam's Family Values. Another one added to the, to the underrated Halloween pile. Tomb. Tomb, sorry. Crypt. Crypt. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> um Normally, when we have guests on, we ask them what we can look out for, where we can find them. Obviously, mostly that is this podcast. Um, is there anywhere else where I can, where our, our listeners can find you, Producer Abby? Uh
1: No. No, no thanks. Yeah, my your <laughs> own business.
3: Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. We'll just move on to wrapping it up then. <laughs> um, we will be back next week with another episode. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. If you've got your phone in your hand right now while you're on iTunes and you could skip on over and give us a five star rating or a little review on the iTunes app, that would be very much appreciated. Um, or we're on all the social medias. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Just search for Just Films and That or Just Films and That Pod and you'll find us and the website is www.justfilmsandthatpod.com producer Abby thank you very much for joining us hope you've enjoyed it thank you very much (laughs) Uh, Alice Oliver thank you very much for joining me
2: and thank you Josh pleasure as always
1: (laughs) (laughs) and
3: it's goodbye from all three of us cheerio Bye. bye